Okay, I want to tell you guys a story about a band called Nirvana. You probably know the story already, but whatever. They were a good band, man, a really good band. They had this awesome third album, lost them a lot of fans. They had this great track on it called Tourette's that went, but the band, na 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 doesn't really work over these chords. Anyway, I've totally lost my train of thought. Uh... Oh, yeah, Kurt Cobain's dead, and I'm reliably informed that Courtney did it. She did it, Courtney did it, our Courtney killed Cobain. She did it, Courtney did it, Courtney did it, Courtney killed Cobain. I don't know why we blame it on her, it seems easy to say. Courtney Love is capable of murder, but I haven't much of anything to back that up. I might be going out on a limb here, but mm, I think society doesn't seem to like women at the best of times, but we really get mad when they fuck our rock stars, you know? Kurt Cobain belongs to us, we cried, so naturally when he died, everybody said Courtney did it. She did it, Courtney did it, our Courtney killed Cobain. She did it, Courtney did it, Courtney did it, Courtney killed Cobain. She raised that kid on her own. Yeah, 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 she's got problems. Don't we all have problems that would be exacerbated by living life in the public eye? Need I remind you this poor human being lost her husband when she was barely 29 And we repair her by hassling her on Twitter fucking 700 times a day Her phone goes ping, 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 ping On 99% of the time it's saying the same thing as saying Good evening, Courtney Love. It is I, MK Ultra Truther, 99, and you will no doubt be nervous to learn I've been carrying out an independent investigation into the mysterious circumstances surrounding your husband's suicide. Kurt Cobain's suicide note is four paragraphs of a man preparing to leave you and retire from the music industry, followed by four lines at the end, a different pen and different handwriting, in which he talks about suicide. Pretty weird, Courtney. Pretty weird, not incriminating on its own. However, following your husband's death in your possession was found a piece of paper in which you've been practicing his handwriting. What have you been practicing? You've been practicing the last fucking four lines of his suicide note. How do you explain that? I'll tell you how I explain that. You did it, you did it, just admit it, you killed Kurt Cobain. You did it, just admit it, just admit it, you killed Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain, Kurt Cobain, kill Kurt Cobain, Kurt Cobain, Kurt Cobain. Pretty convincing, isn't it? I know I find it convincing more often than I don't, but then I am particularly vulnerable to these kinds of stories. You know, there is a question that I ask myself about once every 18 months, once every two years or so, and this is a question that smart people ask themselves every day, multiple times a day. I would go so far as to say it is the question that keeps a smart person smart. Four words. What if I'm wrong? What if I'm wrong? What if, what if reality is exactly as it seems? What if 9-11 was not an inside job carried out by the American military industrial complex against its own people to justify a series of power grabs in the Middle East? What if it was just a reaction to decades of carelessness and aggression, centuries of imperialism? 
What if JFK was not assassinated by his own government? He was murdered by one man, one confused and lonely man who preferred the reality inside his head to the reality outside of it. I can relate to that, who wanted to be a hero, I can relate to that as well, who probably died not understanding why he wasn't a hero and why everyone was so mad at him. You know, Kurt Cobain had a genetic predisposition to, in no particular order, substance abuse, paranoia, depression, anxiety, not to mention he was a member of the music industry. These qualities put a person at particularly high risk of suicide. There. Simple. Tidy. And most boring of all, it just makes sense. We are vulnerable to these kinds of stories. Partly because they make our world seem less chaotic, but also because if you stack enough of these stories one on top of each other, you block out the bigger story, the story which is as terrifying as it is verifiably true, and that is that we are marooned out here, stranded on a rock in the middle of nowhere, and bad things are going to keep on happening to good people until one day, one day the worst thing is going to happen to all of the best people at once. An asteroid will hit. Or we'll start a nuclear war. Or we won't put enough money into developing new antibiotics and a super virus will wipe us all out. And if we manage to avoid all of those things, one day the ice caps will melt. And if we manage to survive that, one day the sun's going to explode. And there is no hope of rescue or escape because who is there to rescue us? Where is there to escape to? We are not taught how to deal with these things. And so we are left to our own devices to come up with ways of distracting ourselves. Sex and drugs and rock and roll. And that's just what works for most of us. For some of us, that is not enough. And those are the people who fly passenger jets into skyscrapers. Those are the people who kill presidents. Those are the people who load up on guns and splatter their brains out all over the family home while people like me, arseholes, the intrepid keyboard detectives willing to say the things no one else is willing to say because they can see the things no one else is willing to see, will explain to anyone who will listen with unbearable fucking smugness and unrepentant glee. Courtney did it, she did it, Courtney did it, our Courtney killed Cobain. You did it, Justin did it, Justin did it, you killed Kurt Cobain, Kurt Cobain, Kurt Cobain, kill Kurt Cobain, Kurt Cobain, Kurt Cobain, na 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 na.
Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and <laughs> welcome to the Vanguard for Spike, the intrepid keyboard warrior going. I am Matt Wright, and together we are traversing the muddied waters of freedom. With, with incredible smugness. With incredible smugness. Incredible smugness. That was, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you enjoyed that intro song, which was no doubt revenge for my moth joke uh, <laughs> last week. Um. Seven and a half minutes Seven. with, with four, four minutes of him going into every conspiracy theory. <laughs> yeah. That's pro- yeah, honestly that should be our intro song because it's pretty appropriate. It is pretty appropriate. Uh, that uh, thank you to the Narcissist Cookbook for letting, yeah. letting me use making that for yeah making that and allowing making me to use it and then for letting people hear it too. <laughs> thank, you for, thank you for that experience. Yeah. Uh, hey everybody. <laughs> the look on your face. We had a, a great show. I'm just like. <laughs> The look on your face during that. I'm having an existential crisis waiting for the show to start. And I'm like, <laughs> why are we doing any of this even? So, yeah, that song uh, is called Courtney. Because, you know, <laughs> Courtney did it. And um, that is the YouTube version of that song. If you get the album that it's on, you only have, uh, like, it doesn't have that part in the middle where he talks about the conspiracy theories. Oh, my, my favorite part? Yeah, the, be- the, the, the best part. Guy. Right. And no one's going to save us? Right. <laughs> that part. So why, why even live? Um, that was my favorite part. <laughs> I wasn't ready for I already... Anyway, so that was a fun song. That, actually, the reason, um, the reason that I know that song is because a, a fan of the Muddied Waters of Freedom he sent me that. He sent me it in a, in a private message to my personal account. He goes, I think you might like this. And I watched that video. And uh, I watched that video. And um, I, I absolutely loved it. So then I found the Narcissist Cookbook on Facebook. And then uh, I got his albums on iTunes. And then I messaged him. And I said, dude, I really love your music. And he messaged back. And now we're friends. Cool. Yeah. And he lets us use his music, so thank you for that. Right. Uh, Claire Queen, uh, for our intro music, we played the YouTube version of Courtney by the Narcissist Cookbook. It's seven and a half minutes long, and it is, and it, 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 it's an emotional ride. Courtney, if you ever want to question, maybe not. If you're ever questioning life, don't listen to Courtney. <laughs> if you ever say, hey, I'm feeling too good about things right now. That's when you want to listen to Courtney by the Narcissist Cookbook. Yes. So allow me to thank, because Matt hasn't thanked anyone yet. Allow me to thank Kroger for this delicious drinking water and allow me to thank Costco for these strawberries that I already ate (laughs) while listening to that song. (laughs) Allow me to thank Grassroots Kava House for the kava that I am drinking on today's... (laughs) On today's episode, that was the free bird of conspiracy songs. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes, absolutely. That is a, the best. Yes, yes, that was the free bird of conspiracy. It may be equally sad as well. 
Um, Pula Vanaka. Pula Vanaka. Uh, so, today is episode 100. The 100th episode. The 100th episode. Oh, and also, thank you to Andrew Barber for my free Dead Woke shirt. Yeah. With, with the Twin Towers in the background. That went with, with the song. It went, with, the it went with the song. It, it was covered in the song. That's the free bird of shirts. Right, it's the free bird of shirts to go with the free bird of conspiracy songs. Conspiracy songs, yeah. Uh, whew. So. Yeah, 100 episodes. 100, 100 episodes. Spanning, uh, what, two and a half years? Two years? Spanning the Mueller report. Span, yeah, spanning basically the entire... From beginning to well, we've kept going, but right. it was like what a, day, a couple days before or after the Mueller investigation started. Yeah, it was, yeah, we started uh, December of 2016, and uh, we, uh, you know, we're still going. And the Mueller report kind of started right around that. That was when the uh, the 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 McCain dossier, not the McCain dossier, the, the, the Steele dossier, the Steele dossier. But that McCain yeah. like turned over about yeah. Trump getting prostitutes to pee on him or whatever. Um, that's when that all started getting kicked off. And so we have been a show for the Mueller report. And the other muddied waters of freedom is having a prostitute pee on you. Um, the, really? I'm sure I. The segue, right? That's a segue. Uh, it, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, <laughs> sure. I don't know what you were segueing. Uh, <laughs> oh no, that was my. That was the entirety of my segue. Oh okay. Um, yeah. But yeah. So yeah, we've been on uh, for two and a half years. A hundred episodes of this show. We've got thirty-five episodes of your show. We've got 30, this will be week 36 for me on the writer's block. Jason, I think, has 16 out now. Yeah, and he's going to surpass us because he's doubling up every week. Right, because he's doing, he's doing two a week. Yeah. We'll be like, yeah, it's our 200th episode and our 7,035th episode of Mr. America, The Bearded Truth. Because right. that's how math works. Right. And, uh, I mean, I have a feeling because he, he, they, they are expecting... He's not expecting. His wife is expecting. He can't have a child. Um, well, he's expecting his wife. Right. He's expecting his wife to have a child. So I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm guessing that when that happens, he may have to slow down a little bit. I mean, so like miss one a month kind of a thing. Not a lot, Jason. Possibly. Or it could go the other way where he's like, all these kids are in the house and he just locks himself in a room and does episodes every day. Man, we are, we are getting off to quite the start here on the, uh, on the old comments list. (laughs) After people were inquiring about the song, uh, and, and Andy reminding me that this, that I got him the shirt. Islam is the right religion. One God, please read the Quran. Who said that? Uh, that would be Periscope user FHFDG053256871. <laughs> nice. 
Yes. Well, thank you. <laughs> F. H F D G. D zero five three forty. Yeah. Whoo. Well, hey, that's your. You have a right to that opinion. You do have a right to that opinion. So, guys, after listening to Courtney by <laughs> the narcissist, be sure to check out the Quran. <laughs> it's a good read. That's what I hear. Good read. Good, good, read. good book. Yeah. One of the best sellers. It is. It's up there. Um, <laughs> speaking. Speaking of Quran. Speaking of religion and bad things that happen when people subscribe to it. Also okay. Yep. In Ponway, California, just outside of San Diego, for anybody who doesn't know where Ponway, California is, there was this. Is that, is that Ponway? Ponway. Oh, okay. Well, Poway. Poway. I mean, I don't know. Oh, Poway. Poway, not Ponway. Sorry, I don't know how I read that wrong. Poway. Um, this, somebody did a thing. Some people did a thing. Um, well, good things, yes. Yes. There was, there was a shoot. Some, uh, some Passover worshipers. So yes, so some people did some things to a some person did some things to a to some Passover worshippers. Uh, a guy went into a synagogue. Uh, he was trying to copy the New Zealand attacker on the on on the mosque that was out there, and the uh, Pittsburgh attacker that attacked the synagogue synagogue in Pittsburgh six ish yep. months ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, last year. Yeah, yeah claim, he claimed that they were his inspirations. Um, he went he went into the uh, to the synagogue during Passover and started firing off, and uh, one person died and three more were injured. Um, he tried to live stream. He was unable to get the live stream to work. It was reported that during. Uh, during the attack, he did the subscribe to PewDiePie, uh, same chant that uh, the New Zealander uh, did. Yeah. Uh, this has called for PewDiePie. Now he's calling for a moratorium of the subscribe to PewDiePie meme because he doesn't want it to be associated with hate, and that's where people have taken it. Like, what is, like, these are ostensibly fans of PewDiePie. Why would you destroy PewDiePie? Like, obviously, he's not going to want to be associated with your mass shooting. Like, what? Why? I, I, I don't. I don't. I don't get it. But I also don't get why you would want to shoot up a house of worship either. So, what do I know? Right. Um, I I did not read his manifesto this time. Yeah, I, I didn't read it either. Right. Um, normally, normally I do. This time I did not. Um, I heard that he was a copycat, and I thought it's going to just be the same thing that, you know. Yeah, he did. He, I don't believe he was like the eco terrorist that the um, that the New Zealander New Zealand shooter was. I right. He claimed to hate Trump, but he also claimed to not be a liberal. Like so, I didn't. I have no idea. He. This is just one of those situations in which a whacked out guy. Yeah, a, yeah. A whacked out guy. Um, he 
he did something and it's awful. Yeah. Yeah. It's awful. And he will be in prison probably for a very, very, very long time in California. Yeah. And only because it's California, he's not going to get executed, but he, uh, he, he will, he's not coming out. Um, California has the death penalty. Oh, I thought they had a moratorium. I thought, Oh, did they uh, put it? Did they put it? Yeah. I think the previous governor did a moratorium. I put it this way. If there's a death penalty in California, he's probably a candidate for it. Otherwise he's probably just going to spend the rest of his life in prison. Right. Um, it's a, it's a, so this is something that's very common in, you know, fringe ideologies. It attracts, it attracts me, uh, uh, not, not his particular ideology, but you know, I mean, it attracts people that are just very consistent in their ideology. It also attracts crazies who just want to be associated with fringe things. And so you see this in like everything from, you know, all right circles, anarchist circles, socialist circles, vegan circles. Like you see it in any kind of like very extreme, you know, final conclusion type of ideologies. You see these kind of create, you'll see some crazies uh, attached to it just because they're attached to things that are outside of the mainstream. And I think that you see this with, you're seeing this over and over again with like these like 4chan alt-right white nationalist types where first of all the ideology itself has major problems but second of all it's also attracting people who are looking for a reason you know uh to kill a bunch of people and this one's as good as any other if it hadn't been this it would have been like i said veganism there was that that lady that uh shot up the youtube headquarters um and she was you know a vegan activist and 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 you know i mean so i mean it it these things attract all kinds. Um, you see it less with the vegans because uh, their B12 levels are very low. And, uh, and so they're, they just don't have the energy. Right. The, the, the energy to pull off a mass shooting is just not as prevalent. Um, they just get really angsty. Um, right. Also, their magnesium is typically low, so they're cramping a lot. Right. They're, uh, did you ever watch that show, Community? With uh, Joel, whatever his name Joel is. Joel McHale, yeah. I, I've caught like an episode. I know Chevy Chase was in it, but I, I've never really like watched it. Watched it. There's an episode in um, the season that nobody really talks about, but it's got this one really funny part because they like threw in like this weird, all of their lives interconnected backstory kind of thing. Um, but uh, Britta, the the one of the female leads, the blonde one, the kind of hippie ditzy, you know, I'm gonna. I'm a socialist that fights for freedom and talks about civil liberties, um, which those two don't ever match up. Um, She was celebrating in in the past. She was celebrating Jeff's win over. uh, He represented a stripper who got off of a prostitution charge or something. I can't remember why, but uh, she was congratulating him on it. And she turned around to her feminist group of people and she's like, this is our first big win. We're going to, you know, we can build off of this. And they said, actually, we kind of thought that this would be like our swan song. Like we were going to go out with a big win and then that would be it. She goes, no, we need to keep this mother rolling. She goes, I just, right. and one of the other girls said, I don't really feel the cause anymore. I mean, I had a hamburger last week and I'm not cold all the time anymore. And I laughed for about 10 minutes at that line. And, uh, I continue to today. Anytime I think of vegans and then veganism, veganism. Think of vegan. 
Yeah, I'd, you look chilly. Yeah. Let me get you yeah. a jacket and a hamburger. Yeah. Yeah, let me get you some heme from the red meat. <laughs> right. So you get some, some nutrients in your system. Um, so, yeah, so I it's it's a terrible thing what happened with the shooting. And uh, I actually just – and this is somewhat unrelated. There was another shooting. We don't – I don't think we know the uh, the um, motive yet. Uh, I think they do have the shooter, but it was at UNCC, uh, the UNC – uh in charlotte which yeah. is like i'm in charlotte right now and so it's like i don't know 10 miles away from where i am or five miles away um we don't know what the what the thing is but um people were saying you know they're worried that it was yet another copycat you know that this is now going to be a thing where every angsty you know every angsty person on a on reddit and and 4chan is going to go you know pop off at the at you know their school or you know at a at a, at a church or whatever very sad. There was also one in uh, Massachusetts today. At, oh, good. At a mall. So not not the happiest day in the news. No, no. Not the happiest no. day in the news, even with Venezuela. Even with Venezuela um, in the midst of a coup. Just not a lot of stuff. Speaking of which, Venezuela's in the midst of a coup. Yeah. Speaking of which, Venezuela's in the midst of a coup, and uh, the U.S. definitely did not back it. Wait, no, they did. They support it, but they're not, you know, funding it. Probably, maybe I don't know. Uh, they're not, yeah, they're not publicly. It's one of those things where ten years from now they're going to be like, well, you know, what they were really doing, and we're all going to go, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. the U.S. government was doing something shady and not telling us about it to undermine a foreign country. No way. That's a lie. That's a lie from fake news. It'll probably be Julian Assange. It'll probably be WikiLeaks that'll tell us about it. Um, uh, but, uh, yeah, so here's our thing with Venezuela. And I have – we're probably going to get some some comments uh, from people that are in favor of us, you know, working to remove uh, Maduro um, and the Chavistas. Here's the problem. First of all, the U.S. doesn't have a good track record of replacing bad governments with better governments. No. Um, they almost always fail. Uh, one, I guess, bright spot, if you could call it that, would have been in post-World War II. But the difference there was that first, those countries were completely obliterated and then rebuilt from scratch in spending the equivalent of what would be tens of trillions of dollars now to remake entire parts of the planet. That's different from a few tactical strikes, taking out a military, you know, a leader and then, you know, replacing them with someone else. It just doesn't work right. And, um, Afghanistan, Iraq, gosh, Vietnam, well, Vietnam failed. Yeah. Um, Vietnam failed. Korea failed. Yeah. Korea failed. Um, uh, the Khmer Rouge was very much a, a reaction to uh, uh, U.S. bombings and, and actions in Southeast Asia during the Vietnam conflict. Like this, this, the U.S. does not have a good. And I have Venezuelan Facebook friends and associates who are like, "Please, we need help." And it's like, "Yeah, you guys could end up being like Syria," because that's another attempt that did not end well. Right. And like. I'm, you know, I'm sitting here, I eat whenever I want, so I'm not going to try to pretend that I get what it's like to be in Venezuela right now, where the average Venezuelan has lost 17 pounds or something like that in the last 10 years. 
and they weren't fat. Like, like we could lose the average American could use losing 17 pounds. They were already slim and fit to begin with. They're not doing well, but they're still better off than Syria. And I, I think sometimes in the midst of that, they're not getting how much worse the U.S. military could make it. The other thing is that the person we'd be replacing Maduro with probably is not a nicer guy, but he's equally socialist. Right. So he's bringing the same economic system. Yes. So. But he's going to be nice about it. Like, I mean. So essentially the way that I read that is we're going to give you, I'll give you oil and you lift any sanctions you have. Pretty much, which will, which, and the sanctions, lifting the sanctions will help their economy. But it's not the sanctions that caused this. There weren't sanctions in place when Venezuela hyperinflation was starting. It made it worse. It certainly hasn't helped things. But Venezuela is falling apart because they are increasingly centrally planning the economy and all the terrible things that happen as a result of that. You know, the, if you look at the Hol- Hol- Holodomer uh, in the Ukraine during the Soviet Union, the Great Leap Forward, the Khmer Rouge, all of these things, uh, 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 what happened in Zimbabwe, all of these are the results of central planning. You have people who don't understand how each given sector of the economy works, just trying to wing it and using the force of law to control it, and everything falls apart as a result, and that's what happened in Venezuela. So now you're going to get a new guy that comes in who, yes, it's going to be maybe a little bit better, and he might be nicer about it, but it's still going to get worse. It just won't get worse as fast. And do we want, on this side, do we want our friends and neighbors to go over there and risk fighting a hot war with Russian military, not to mention Venezuelans, to maybe possibly make things worse, better, but also maybe possibly make things way worse? Right. And I, no, no. Even if I wasn't an anarchist, I'd say no to that. Right. And we have the... um... America's obviously supporting Gaido. Of course. Yeah. Gaido. Yeah, um, Gaido. Yeah. Gaido. Gaido. Um, we're, we're obviously supporting Gaido. On the side of Maduro is China, Russia, and Cuba. So you're already starting to pick teams at this point for World War III, yep. and Venezuela should not be the uh, jumping off point. No, I, th- there shouldn't be a jumping off point. Like, here is my thing. We we get a lot of people, especially conservatives, who are like, if libertarians got their way with foreign policy, it would be Russia and China who would be doing all this, you know, nation building crap. To which I say, OK. How has that helped us? Right. Like it has it has led to massive deficit spending. It has led to massive polarization of, of politics in the U.S. It's led to, you know, thousands of dead Americans, uh, 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 thousands of affected, you know, surviving families of those deaths, uncounted, uh, what, tens or hundreds of thousands of wounded people, millions of people with PTSD, not to mention all the hundreds of thousands of people killed uh, by the U.S. military, uh, everyone hating us, like, if you go into parts of the world and say you're American, you have to apologize starting off because they associate you with, you know, all these terrible things your government did that you may not have even supported. Um, 
how has that helped us? Like, if everyone wants to hate China instead, good. Then they can like us. Like, I, 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 I've, I've never heard a compelling reason for us to continue to hold the poison chalice of global military dominance. Like, it, it, it how does that help you and me? It doesn't. Right. It, it, it makes no sense to me. Like, when we're, when we were going over to Iraq and Afghanistan and, you know, these people deserve democracy was like the mantra that so many people out there were, were were kind of chanting. And what if they don't want it? Well, everybody wants democracy. Why? I I don't want democracy. I I don't really want democracy. That means that 52% of the people that I dis 52% of the country, 52% of the people that I disagree with are dictating me. Yeah. It's and a lot of people are going to disagree with this, but it's gang rape on just a huge scale. It's organized. It's, 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 it's like the hunger games just spread out further. Right. Like, I mean, and, and, and so there are arguments as to whether autocracy, which is, you know, one or a, a small handful of people controlling everything is better than democracy. And the argument in favor of democracy, obviously, is that, well, it's asking the people at large, even though in the U.S. most adults aren't even eligible to vote, but that's a whole other subject. So they disqualify a bunch of people uh, and then make the rest of them apathetic so that only a handful are voting anyway. But all that aside, the other thing democracy does is gives people the veneer of it being their fault. Well, we get the government we deserve. No, you don't. The government's imposing itself on you and not giving you an option to opt out. Right. But but people say that if it were an autocracy, we could all be like, well, that guy's got to go and we're sick of this and we deserve freedom. But when it's democracy, it's like, well, the people have spoken. So in one way, it's better because it sort of outsources or crowdsources the tyranny. So it's a little softer usually than than, you know, than a, a, an autocrat would be. The flip side of that is that it also entrenches the ability of that democracy to do horrific things with the public kind of just shrugging their shoulders and going, well, you know, vote harder next time, guys. Um, and I've, so, always, I've always hated that sentence because how hard can somebody vote? <laughs> just, just push that button. I'm going to fill this circle in fuller than I did last just time because I want this vote to count more. I'm going to feel it hard. I'm going to knock that chat. You guys still have the chads, right? Or they got rid of that. For you? They got rid of yeah, They got rid of Oh, okay. Because I would have the shit out of that chad. I'd go, ah, chad. Um, the, see, in, in South Carolina, we have the voting machines. Yeah, that's right. So we, we, we have the those risk now. of taking the tablet if you, if you vote too hard. If you're like, ah, and then it breaks, you've now destroyed public property. So here, here, here in Florida now, at least in my district, I don't know if this is all districts, but at least in my district, they've taken a page from um, the Department of Education and they've given us essentially standardized tests where you have to fill in the bubble and then oh. they Scantron it. Uh, nice. That, no way that could fail. Right. No way. Um, <laughs> so you just vote. You just go B. You alternate between B and C. Right. And hope so- for the best. Either that or you just go C right down the line. Right down the line. Just like, right down the line because like 52% of answers are C, so at least you're going to get right. a 50. Um, 
that's how we knew uh, before uh, any other news outlet uh, who won uh, the Florida elections in this last cycle was we just looked at who was C. Right. We looked at who was C and it just happened to be DeSantis and C in the Senate race just happened to be Rick Scott. So we yeah. knew C. it was C. It was C. Right. Uh, Michael Stott on, on the book of faces uh, said, persuade others in your community. I assume he was like this because it was a question mark. Um, but yeah, I, that's like saying persuade others on Facebook. So you, I mean, you can, you, you, I mean, you can try. All, all major social changes happen as a result of people changing other people's minds, usually by having a gun pointed at them at some point uh, or, or the possibility of a gun pointed at them. Uh, but, but at the very least, people were changing people's minds. But you don't need democracy to do that. Democracy doesn't end run around that and says, well, in the meantime, whatever the majority or the or the or even the plurality, because if there's more than one answer to the question or more than one candidate, now it's not even the majority of eligible voters. It's now the plurality of eligible voters, whichever the biggest group thinks we're going to go with that and we're going to force everyone else into it at gunpoint. So you are more often than not, almost always a minority of people are forcing a majority of people because, at least in the U.S., huge numbers of people because of felony convictions or you know, child support, various other things, uh, 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 are not eligible to vote. And then many more are just sort of soft anarchists where they're like, I don't trust any of these people anyway, and so they're apathetic. Uh, or they're like me who doesn't really want to use proxy violence against a bunch of strangers – and so we just kind of bow out. And so you have a minority of a minority, you know, a sliver of, of, of adults deciding for every other person in that area, whatever that presumed jurisdiction is. So, I mean, no, democracy is garbage. I mean, even, even the, the founders, when they created the system, it was not a – it was – there were democratic elements to it. But, like, the state legislatures chose the Senate. The electors chose the president. Really, the only direct votes you were doing on the federal level were for your representative, and that was it. And the representatives at that time only represented like a couple thousand people, so it was much more, you know, localized or whatever. But I mean, no, democracy is is anything that you can do through democracy, you can do just as easily or more easily through a voluntary system, just influencing those around you. Right. Um, my the guest that's going to be on the writer's block in two weeks. Uh, commented and said, democracy is two wolves and a lamb deciding what's for dinner. Liberty is a well-armed lamb. Some degenerate dead guy from the 1700s. Um, yes. So, and I like that you said liberty instead of a republic because democracy is two wolves and a lamb deciding what's for, what's for dinner. A representative republic is three wolves and two lambs deciding what's for dinner. The lambs contesting the result and in a landmark four, five wolves to four lambs decision, Chief Justice uh, uh, Fido. Uh, uh, Fido. That's Fido the wolf. I don't know. What's a, what's a wolf name? Wolfie. Chief Justice Wolfie Wolferson. Wolferstein. Wolferstein. Yeah. Hmm? Wolf- <laughs> hmm? Yeah. Uh, decides in a landmark decision. Uh, that uh, they're going to eat the lambs. Right. Uh, that's 
that's the republic version, the constitutional republic version of, of, of how that would go. Liberty is the lamb saying, I don't care what you want. I'm going to kill you. Tactical McNuke you right. if you try to uh, come onto my property. I'm, I'm, don't violate the lamb that. Right. So, yeah, you can't really vote harder. It's impossible. You could try, but you're just going to probably break the tablet right. or your skin on paper. Right. Speaking of people who voted hard. <laughs> yes. The, the, the members of the Brooklyn delegation. Sure. The members of the Brooklyn delegation hang their heads in shame once again. Yes. Uh, as their duly elected representative, the not as hot as she used to be, AOC. The ever quotable and yet increasingly less attractive. Hate bangable. <laughs> Although I've never, honestly, I found Sandy the dancing girl attractive. Right. I have not found Alexandria Ocasio Cortez attractive right well she's I, less attractive than she was when she was sandy physically and just how she acts mm-hmm. sandy Sa- dancing sandy is much more attractive than angry petulant aoc yes right definitely and uh so what did, so what does she do matt she this week what she do every week we have a like we, we almost we're almost as bad as like Fox, where like every week we have like bash AOC. Right. I, you know, we, statement. if anybody wants to send us money for a sponsorship, we will name right. the bashing AOC segment after you. And every week we will do the AOC segment and we'll be like, like and it'll be like, this is the Shane Sweeney hates Alexandria Casio Cortez <laughs> portion of our show. Hour, hour of power. Right. Um, That's funny. I like that idea. I, I mean, I'm okay with it. Uh, but she came out and uh, she started going about how the VA, which, side note, for years when I was a child, I thought that they were all talking about the state of Virginia since that's where I grew up. And I was like, why does everybody hate Virginia so much? Everybody hate Virginia. Right. But no, they were talking Go about... To- the- themselves right they were going they're talking about the veteran affairs which aoc sure. possibly knows um she's saying that the that the v- <laughs> she might be defending virginia <laughs> she might. yeah well you know the governor of the va did blackface but he still cares but he still cares and he knows he knows how to do the moonwalk so it's totally okay Fine, guys. I don't know why everyone's so upset. Why you keep going to the Virginia parking lot and killing yourself? Anyway, go ahead. Um, so she I like that. <laughs> she is a one dollar donation from Chris Reynolds. Um, well, then, then, and as the highest bidder, right? This, this is, is the Chris Reynolds hates AOC segment. AOC segment, right? Brought to you by Chris Reynolds. Brought to you attorney by at law. Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. Um, she uh, she's sticking up for the VA and she was quoted as saying there. So there's this new bill that's coming out. This is kind of important. You kind of need the backstory. I'm not I'm not peeing, by the way. I'm I'm washing fruit. Sure. Um, 
You kind of need the backstory. There, there is a bill that is coming out um, that is going to privatize certain sections of the VA. Nice. Dan Caldwell, who is the, I believe he's the founder of Concerned Veterans for America. Um, he, he supports this bill fully. Uh, he thinks it's a great idea because we need to, um, because we need to make sure that in his mind that we need to take care of the veterans. And he thinks that privatizing the VA is the way to go. It's the best way to do it. And if you're going to send people around the world to fight and die, you need to take care of them if they make, if they actually make it back. So no, I, I didn't listen. If there's one thing the government should be doing, it's, it's taking care of people that they signed up to, to fight for them. Right. Um, and, and yes, privatizing it would easily be the best way to do that. Absolutely. And just as an update, this is now the Shane Sweeney hates AOC segment. Um, you, no one's paying up, by the way, Shane. <laughs> or Chris. I'm physically the closest to you of the two of us, so I will be in charge of showing up at your uh, restaurant and making sure that you pay. Is it $2, two I presume? Do- $2, yeah. So yeah, I'm getting that. That's a two spot I'm getting. Right. So... <laughs> AOC has come out and she said during a rally meeting of some sort, they are trying to fix the VA for pharmaceutical companies. They are trying to fix the VA for insurance corporations. And ultimately they are trying to fix the VA for a for-profit healthcare industry that does not put people or veterans first which amazingly she said this without code switching and we have a responsibility <laughs> to protect it. <laughs> she didn't know how to code switch into veteran. She didn't know how to code switch into veteran. She only knows how to code ain't switch no, into no urban on the VA. Right. Girlfriend. Chris Reynolds just offered $3 in a lap dance. Nice. Right. Well, then Shane, <laughs> Have to add at least a good solid twenty five bucks for the lap dance. Yeah, because so if you haven't really, seen Chris Reynolds, he's worth at least a twenty spot. I definitely, and I'm not even into that, but just he's that he's that solidly built of a guy. That's true. You just have to respect it, even if you don't want it. Right. <laughs> if you don't want the lap dance. You got to respect the market value, right? Like, I mean, so so now we're at twenty eight dollars, right? Um. So, yeah, so, I mean, she's got to defend the VA, right? Because not only is it single pay, it's, it's actually not just single, it's government health care. So single payer, obviously, and I know you know this, but I'm telling, and Chris Reynolds possibly knows this, <laughs> but uh, every, for everyone else, single payer is where the doctors themselves might still be private practice. They don't work for the government, but the only person paying for it is the government. And that may seem like a bit of a, I'm missing something. What's happening? Do your explanation. I'll say afterwards. <laughs> okay. Uh, um, you know, a single payer, like in Canada, most of the hospitals, doctors, et cetera, are still privately owned um, and still privately run. They just, the only person that pays them is the, their, their province's um, health insurance program. Um, and so it's, it's government paid healthcare, but it's not government run healthcare. And there is still a difference because they're still competing providers and things like that. So it's not a good system, but it's it's better than the VA system or the national healthcare system model in, in the UK, 
where the government runs healthcare. It's cheaper per person, but it's because more people are going to die. Right. Um, it's a worse system. It is rationed healthcare, and so the and for a for an actual ideological socialist, not just a liberal, but an actual socialist like uh, like Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, that's the end goal. When they say Medicare for all, that's not what they they don't want Medicare for all. They want the VA for all. They don't even want Medicaid for all. They want the VA for all, and so they have to defend the VA, even though. You know, if the if the if the U.S. government isn't able to provide uh, good health care for a couple million people, multiply that by over 100. And now that's what you're 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 putting in the lap of the U.S. federal government to do for all of us. But right. she has to defend it because that's her. I mean, that is her. It's her, her platform. Right. That's her platform. That is her end goal is government being in charge of everything like that. Um, so, yeah, that's. She she may not want to defend it, but she has to defend it. And she and she's defending it because she she says that the VA that they have in her district is fantastic. I don't know how accurate that is. It for many people in her district, it may be the only health care that they can get. Right. So um, I'm sure you can find people in her district that are not happy with the VA. I the, every once in a while I will meet someone who goes. Yeah, you know what? The VA is not terrible. And it's usually, it's one of two groups. One is they don't really use it that much. So when they do use it, it's, you know, they go see a doctor for a checkup or whatever, and that's fine. The other group are people that like needed uh, specialized surgery and stuff like that because of stuff that happened, you know, during combat. And so they have these VA excellence centers of excellence that do these like top level you know, basically almost like battlefield surgeries, but they're doing them in a hospital setting and they have these experts. For the vast majority of people who actually have chronic constant needs and it's not some kind of like surge thing that they need, they hate the system. And it still costs a fortune right. because that's what happens with centrally planned stuff like like government healthcare. So, but she has to defend it. She has to defend it. Exactly. And What's going to not look great for her optics is the fact that Donald Trump agreed with her that the VA is doing well. (laughs) And he said that it was his administration that is the reason that it has improved (laughs) so much over the last few years. Now, I, I don't like using anecdotal... Uh, evidence to support things. Um, right. But, and I'm not really sure how many people it requires to no longer be anecdotal. Right. It becomes a case study after a minute. Right, exactly. And I I know a lot of people who are in the military and former military. And all of them have the same stories for me. All yeah. of them. I've never heard, I've heard one person who, this guy, uh, I, I grew up with him, and he, big Bernie supporter, he probably loves AOC, I haven't been on his Facebook in a while, um, wish, wishes that we could go full socialist, uh, he thinks that the VA is great, and he's never had a problem with it. Everybody else that I have spoken to, 
has talked about how awful it is, how they just throw medication at you, how they lose you, how they don't really care that you're there. All this kind of, oh, look, every horror that you could imagine when you are in a state where you are either sick and you need help or you're mentally ill and you need help or you've injured yourself and you need help. Yep. Nobody has ever had a good story for me that I have spoken to personally. And I look at it in the, in the fact that every day, I believe 12, 12 or 13 veterans kill themselves every single day. Yeah. And almost all of them have gone through the VA system and have been medicated by the VA. Right. And they, and that's a dish. Now, Obviously, there are every day a, a large number of Americans kill themselves. So it's not 20, as though... 22, if they Shane Sweeney, yeah. 22. That's the right number. Thank you, Shane. I, I was like... Yeah, I was, yeah, yeah. Tired, yeah. But so obviously, it's not to say that if those people hadn't been veterans, none of them would have killed themselves. Like, I mean, there's a certain, unfortunately, a number of them that would have anyway. But that is a disproportionately very, very high number for you know, for that, that small of a subset of a group of people compared to like Americans at large. And they come from veterans kind of span the demographic and, 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 you know, the racial ethnic, uh, even income level demographics of the U S in general. So it's not like, Oh, well, most of them are poor. So they're more likely to do it than people that are wealthy or something like that. It's, it's really like what they have gone through both with any level of combat and also, I mean, like a good number of veterans never actually saw combat. They may have seen traumatic and stressful things, but it's truly just the way they've been treated by the VA system that ends up being one of the major, if not the major, contributor to them killing themselves. How many people have killed themselves in the parking lot of the Blue Cross building or, or you know, Humana or uh, Kaiser Permanente or whatever? Why is this almost exclusively happening at the VA? Right. There's a reason for that. Like it's it's it's. I mean, and that, again, anecdotes are not data, but if it's not happening anywhere else, but it's happening in the VA, that's a good hint that maybe there's a problem with the VA. But just like Bernie Sanders back in the day had to defend bread lines, AOC has to defend the VA. They right. have to defend it because that's what they want. They can't convince you to embrace socialism unless they say, oh, no, bread lines are great. They're free. You just wait in line and you get free bread. You have to defend it. You, you yeah. Um, Chris Reynolds say, says that he's literally at a private hospital right now and it's not too shabby. And granted, he has good health insurance. Exactly, and I hope that the reason that you're at that hospital isn't a serious one. I saw you earlier today, so I'm guessing that you. I, I hope you're okay. Um, Call me later. Okay. Yeah, call me later. Thoughts, thoughts and prayers to, to Chris Just Reynolds, who at the moment is our highest bidder. No, uh, so Shane, Shane Sweeney uh, said $4, and Chris still gives us a lap dance. So best of both worlds. Right, best of both worlds. Um, I'm actually scared at the prospect of Chris Reynolds giving me a lap dance. So that's all you. I'll just take the four bucks. Um. Or we'll split the four bucks. You know what? We'll split the four bucks. We'll split the four you bucks. You can have the lap dance. We'll split the four bucks. That lap dance is all yours, champ. Um, so wishing you well, Chris. Yeah, wishing you well. Uh, but yeah, like, listen, I'm, I have MS, for those who don't know. 
I'm in uh, Charlotte for medical stuff. I get multiple times a year tens of thousands of dollars worth of service. Um, I get an infusion every month that costs eighteen thousand or would cost eighteen thousand dollars. It's cost my insurance company eighteen thousand dollars every single year to keep my MS at bay. That doesn't happen at the NHS. My treatment, in order to get the treatment that I'm on in the UK, you have to be so profoundly disabled and have tried multiple other medications and had years of demonstrating that it didn't work before they'll even consider giving it to you. You pretty much have to be so far along that they're just keeping you from dying at this point. I'm still walking around. Like, I mean, I'm still doing pretty well. And it's because we have a private healthcare system that I'm able to do as well as I can with MS compared to, I talk to other people in other countries and they're like, yeah, it's free. And it's like, you're dying. And I, you know, so leave my healthcare alone. Right. If you want to talk about if it's not broke, don't fix it. There's problems with our healthcare system, but it's not that the government isn't involved enough. It's the opposite. Right. Um, so uh, Dan Caldwell, again, from Concerned yep. Veterans of America, which, fun fact, one of the last people I had a beer with. CBA? Dan, well, Dan Caldwell. I, I was at- oh, you had a yeah, I I was at a CVA event. Um, I was at a CVA event over in Tampa. One of my friends from Nashville was performing at it, and um, she invited me over. And I was hanging out. And afterwards, we all went out to grab a couple of beers. And she introduced me to Dan, and I ended up talking to him for a little bit. Nice guy. Nice. But uh, yeah. Sure. But um, he said that you know she's using the straw man argument, and he did say that there are areas where the VA is not bad, but overall it's failing. And he said, yeah. you're seeing more people like Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez in Congress and outside trying to stop that bill, uh, talking about the bill, which would privatize certain sections of the VA, uh, trying to stop that bill and the implementation of it and keep veterans trapped in many cases in failing VA hospitals. And that is what CVA is essentially trying to end is that. Like, Concerned Veterans of America isn't a, a, a private healthcare booster group. Like, they're, they're, trying, they're not trying to in it, in it with the pharmaceutical companies. They're, uh, they're trying to, like, I, I can't, so I'm not a veteran. My dad is a veteran, um, but he also gets most of his stuff through private care, um, thankfully. And um, like the VA is not a good, I've talked to, again, two people who had largely good experiences. One barely uses it. And the other one had like all these crazy surgeries after, after, you know, uh, uh, losing uh, a limb and having other issues uh, during combat. Um, so they have largely unique experiences compared to the vast majority of veterans who have, you know, a regular need for, for prop for, for healthcare and have chronic issues. A lot of them PTSD and they're not doing well. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Bless you. Um, so, thank you. Um, but yeah, so I mean, the tone deafness required to say, yeah, the VA, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's, it's, it's, the, it's the equal tone deafness of a Bernie Sanders saying that bread lines are super right. neato. Um, and from the same, and for the same reason, we have to defend the end result of socialism because it's what we want. It's what our goal is. Exactly. So. Um, 
So speaking of, I don't have the notes in front of me. Yeah, speaking I of, was like, uh, let's let's see how you do a segue without notes. Um, the, speaking of Trump, yes, tweeting things at people because at he, people at people because he tweeted at. AOC that he agreed with her that the VA is not bad. It's a legitimate segue. It's a legitimate segue. We'll we'll count it. Ding. Um, he is currently in a very public, very embroiled battle with libertarian hero Judge Napolitano. Yep. Judge Napolitano, which I actually right back here. I have an autographed book from Judge Napolitano that the former co-host of the show gave me for my birthday one year. Uh, is that, uh, is that uh, to my left? No, that's Rush Limbaugh. The autographed picture of Rush Limbaugh? That's, oh, yeah. uh, that's, that's right there. Yeah. Okay. I'm like, that's not Judge Napolitano. Um, so Judge Andrew Napolitano, for those who don't know, he is a retired judge who is about as libertarian as will be allowed on major media. Um, he's a, he's him and John Stossel are kind of the two where it's like, wow, you're letting them talk on TV in front of millions of people. Uh, but, but especially judge Napolitano because, uh, he really breaks down like the legal, uh, basis for stuff. And he's not, so he has been very popular. He had a show on Fox, uh, business, which, uh, they ended up going too far with some of their critiques of, of government. It ended up getting canceled, but he's still a regular on, on Fox and on other networks. He was very beloved by the right during the Obama years because he would often criticize Obama because he's a libertarian. And they go, yeah, screw Obama. And then when he would criticize Obama on stuff that conservatives would have otherwise liked, but they just didn't like it because Obama was doing it, they're like, yeah, screw Obama. So they really loved Andrew Napolitano, uh, Judge Knapp, during the last, you know, during that eight year period. Not so much during the Trump administration right. because now he is remaining consistent as a libertarian and also criticizing Trump. There are times when he agrees with Trump on stuff and they love, and the, you know, the, the right loves him again. But uh, I, I love when I will see uh, Napolitano uh, on Fox or something. And you'll look in the comments uh, on the, on the, you know, the video, you'll look in the comments and people will go, I used to like you judge, but now you've changed. And it's like, no, he has actually remained remarkably consistent over the last decade. Right. You just are okay with it now because it's a Republican doing it. You you changed. Right. He did not. Your your uh, your Overton window moved. Yeah, your you your yeah your Overton uh, Dutch door has now opened on the other side, uh, and he uh, it's a visual and uh, and he uh, and uh, I, I had nothing but um. Uh, I was trying to think of a double window, right. but yeah, you're the one that changed. He has, he is still a libertarian and he's not even like y'all would, they would hate us. Cause we, I mean like, like he's not even a hardcore, he's more of like a constitutionalist libertarian where he wants to return to the original, uh, uh, you know, limitations that are set forward in the constitution as originally written and so forth. Um, you know, he's not a, like, you know, Matt is a, I guess still kind of a minarchist who's slowly being turned into an anarchist by his Jewish co-host. Right. And, and I'm an anarchist. Like we're way more extreme than him. I'm like, you know, make him look like a, you know, a Democrat, but, but I respect him because he's consistent and he is not, he, he's not a hypocrite. And he doesn't do like the partisan thing. 
he agrees with something or disagrees with it based on the ideology. So even though there are times where he'll start talking about how the Constitution should limit this, and I'm like, that means it sucks because it doesn't limit anything. Read Spooner. Um, but uh, even when I disagree with him, I still respect that he is consistent and comes from a very he's he it was appropriate that he was a judge because he's very judicial in how he how he approaches things so i respect him a lot so if uh trump agrees with him uh disagrees with him trump is wrong what is this i i I haven't actually thought what is the specific disagreement even about so it all has to do with the Mueller report okay it all has to do with the Mueller report and last week you and i we're talking about how many of the crimes that he was the the obstruction crimes uh, that are that the Mueller report kind of alludes to having been right, right. Uh, committed attempted or, or thought right. of. Yeah, and yeah. we we're like, well, there was nothing for them to be investigating. There was nothing for them to be investigating. So, do these really count as crimes? Okay. Um, so, uh, process crimes, uh, they're, they're, they were all process crimes. So if there's no crime for them to be investigating, are they actually committing any, there was no process that was being obstructed. Right. right, right, right. So the judge said the statute prohibits all attempts to interfere with the government. So if you think you are interfering with the government, if your purpose is to interfere with the government in order to save yourself, not to help the government, then you have committed the crime of obstruction based on the way that the law is written. Okay. He did not say that he agreed with the law. He didn't say that he thought that the law was... He just said the way that the law is written, this is how it's written. If you okay. are obstructing, if you if you are interfering with the government in order to save yourself and not to help the government, then you have committed the crime of obstruction. So if the prosecutor determines that you weren't just being difficult, but you were actually trying to obstruct what they were doing. Even if it turns out nothing was done, there was no actual crime as a result of that. You're still interfering with an investigation, right? You are still interfering. You've still committed obstruction. So Trump, and he did this on uh, Shep Smith's. Nice. That'll, that'll make sense later. Uh, Yeah. Of all the people. Yeah. Yeah. That'll make sense later. Uh, So Trump, very not happy about this. Yes. Got got his tiny little nubby fingers working, and he hit the old Twitter, and furiously typing. I don't know if it was at five a.m., but we're going to pretend it was at five a.m. and he was taking a crap, as yeah, he does. Yeah, five a.m. toilet tweet. Yep. Five a.m. toilet thumb tweeting. Um, tweets out, and he said. Ever since Judge and I, I'm trying to do this one from memory. I just wrote down like what the 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 bullet points it's of the tweet. Of what he said. Yeah. 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 Um, ever since Judge Napolitano begged me for a seat on for a seat on SCOTUS and bet and asked for a pardon for one of his friends, he has been salty. Oh, and he is also friends with the low-rating Shep Smith. Which apparently... (laughs) Which apparently is an insult to be friends with somebody who has low ratings. On Fox News. Who has the lower ratings on Fox News? Only a few million people watch Shep Smith. Right. Um... 
he is nothing if not entertaining. He is nothing um, if not entertaining. By the way, I, I love the, well, yeah, I think the VA is doing pretty well right now. You're welcome. I like that. Um, uh, that was nice. But um, that was a good counter counterpoint there. But um, so this is, I'm actually surprised because I, I, I would have thought that that wasn't the case. But he's also a judge. And I honestly, you know, I'm not, I don't consider myself a legal expert. Uh, even in complying, and um, uh, and so uh, if 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 a you know former federal judge is saying, and, and one who's pretty consistent in in just interpreting the Constitution and not you know applying how he thinks it should be used, but how it's or you know just applying how laws are written, he's probably right. I know Alan Dershowitz supposedly wrote a counter to what he was saying, right. but Alan Dershowitz, who by the way is also a good uh, uh, attorney. He also has a history of like his partisan views getting involved in his, you know, application of what he thinks it should or shouldn't be. And uh, he's come to like Trump almost entirely because of Trump being like a Zionist. Basically. Uh, I get to say that because I'm Jewish, but uh, uh, but it is what it is. Alan Dershowitz is pretty hardcore leftist on both things. And now he loves Trump. So anyway. Uh, but, uh, yeah, so, I mean, the fun thing here for libertarians is that for the, I guess, wing of libertarians who have supported Trump, the Trumpertarians, if you will, uh, one of their refrains has been, well, you know, he might appoint Judge Napolitano to the Supreme Court. And after, uh, Trump appointed Neil Gorsuch... Almost, maybe, kind of sounded like it, maybe he it might. Yeah, it sounded kind of like it was a thing that could possibly happen. And, and, and also because he has a relationship with Judge Napolitano. They're both from New York. They both got that kind of New York thing going. They both did. Uh, they they both have a, an extended history with Fox. Like they both. That, yeah. I believe that yeah. he was on ju- the judge's show multiple times and they've known each other for years. Yeah. Yeah. So it was plausible, but I never really. So the reason I didn't think it would happen is because Trump knows that the judge Napolitano wouldn't hesitate to be the biggest critic of, you know, something that Trump is, you know, so if Trump's, if the administration's, you know, in 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 a case in front of the Supreme Court, Judge Napolitano would have zero problem with being the at the head of opposing, you know, of 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 being for the other side that's against Trump if he agrees with with them. Um, so I, I think just because he's so independent, I didn't think that would happen. And then once he appointed uh, Kavanaugh, I'm like Judge Napolitano is not happening. Right. Just just. Justice, Supreme Court Justice Napolitano is not happening. And especially when, you know, Napolitano is continuing to criticize Trump the same way he would Obama. This is not someone who is auditioning for a judicial role from a guy who is not going to appoint you to anything if you disagree with him publicly. Um, so, and, yeah, not happening. And the, uh, the, the official attorney of Muddied Waters Media... 
uh, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. He says that uh, that is the correct definition of obstruction. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, so, so I, like Matt was saying on last week's episode, we were of the opinion that, okay, so if a, if the cops come to my house and they're like, we want to come in and and you know, uh, we want to you know come in and and check for you know whatever, and I'm like, no, screw you. And then it turns out I didn't do anything wrong anyway. Then I wasn't obstructing justice. But it sounds like, no, if they had a warrant and I refused to cooperate, I'd still be obstructing justice, which to me doesn't seem fair. That doesn't seem right. But that there are many laws that aren't fair or right. So and there's a good chance that Judge Napolitano doesn't even like that rule. Because he's also a libertarian and, and, and probably doesn't like the idea of people being compelled to tell on themselves, for lack of a better word. Right. Um, but he's just saying what the law says. But he said something that doesn't go sit well with Trump, and he said it to low-ratings Shep Smith. To low-ratings Shep Smith. Low-rating Shep Smith, which is what I'll be calling him from now on. Right. I don't even know if his ratings are low, but I just... <laughs> <laughs> I'm betting they're higher than ours. I would, they're probably a little higher than ours. Probably a little bit. Uh, but but yeah, my, but no one's hey, no one's calling us low rating Spike and Matt. That's true. So. That is true. My my favorite thing is we posted something about it, and all of the libertarians who loved libertarians. I'm putting that in quotes. If you're just listening to us, um, the libertarians who uh, loved Judge Napolitano four years ago. Who, oh yeah, he's the second coming. He's the greatest judge out there. He needs to be on the Supreme court are now calling him a traitor are now calling him a libtard. Yeah. They're, yeah. they're completely bashing Snowflake. him. Snowflake SJW. Yeah. Snowflake SJW judge Napolitano. What? <laughs> what? Why don't you like our president? He didn't do anything wrong. There was no, there was no collusion yet. Yeah, no right. But that doesn't mean he didn't obstruct. Which again, doesn't make sense to me, but I would err on the side of the judge who is, again, so there there are many judges that they'd say something and I'm like, nah, I don't believe you. He is really, 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 really judicial. Like, he is very nonpartisan and non-biased in his application of the law says this. I don't even have to like it, but this is what the law says, which is why... I have a similar mindset of like, okay, if it says this, it says this, that's what it's supposed to say. It's a big part of why I'm an anarchist because I don't look at the constitution and I'm like, well, you know, the spirit of the constitution is that we're supposed to be free. I'm reading the thing and I'm like, this says they can rob us as much as they want. Uh, They can use basically whatever pretense they want to disarm us and suspend habeas corpus and do whatever the hell they want with us. Everything that Abraham Lincoln did was completely constitutional. Everything that FDR did was completely constitutional starting to think this whole constitution thing and really doing much to protect us. But it's by using that sort of like stoic application of this is what the law says. It doesn't matter what I think about freedom or whatever else. This thing says that they can do that. Right. So if he says that's what it is, I'm going to err on the side of, of agreeing with him. Right. And plus Chris Reynolds said it too. So Official, official attorney of Muddied Waters Media. Official attorney For, and lap dancer. And lap dancer. Uh, of Muddied Waters Media. Speaking of attorneys, 
Sure. Sure. I, it's best sure. I got. Best I got. That works for me. Speaking of attorneys who want to be president, mixing two metaphors, I guess. Kamala Harris. Yes. Kamala Harris. For anybody who doesn't know, Kamala Harris is is a former prosecutor from the Bay Area in California. Yep. Not that surprising. When she came out and she talked about how she used to smoke a little weed to Dre and Snoop. Which did not line up. Was it Dre and Snoop or was it Tupac? Tupac and Biggie. Tupac. No, and- they, no, no, no. They said uh, some Snoop, and then she said, "Yeah, Tupac and Biggie or something." And it was like, "Yeah, you were in school before any of them were." Yeah, before rapping, any of that so. came out. So no, no, you didn't. Right. Um, she put a lot of people in jail for doing what she said that she had done. A lot of people, which is why uh, you know more so than the outrage of the rapper Tiff. You know the rapper chronology or whatever. It was like you caged countless. Well, not count. I'm sure someone can count, but a large, large number of people for doing precisely that. And now you're sitting here like giggling about it. Yep. Yeah. So you're giggling about it. It's freeing them while Trump is freeing some of them. Right. Anyway, you're you're giggling about it while your parents are pissed off at you because. That's, oh yeah. That stemmed from a conversation about your Jamaican heritage, and yeah. your dad was pissed off that you played into Jamaican stereotypes. By the way, if no one knew what West Indian parents are like, they don't care if you're running for president. No, they they're going to publicly shame. In fact, if especially if you're running for office, they're going to publicly shame you for saying something that they disagree with. Right. That is the. That was the most West Indian parent thing that any of us who don't have West Indian parents uh, and are not adjacent to West Indian parents, uh, uh, like myself, who had a West Indian, who have West Indian in-laws, uh, will ever experience. Uh, I experience it occasionally as someone who has West Indian in-laws. That was a very like you're running for president. You say something. Get your dad mad, so he writes a scholarly article about how wrong you are and how disappointed in you he is yeah. and why he's disappointed in you. Which was just brilliant to watch. Now it was amazing, yes. Everybody on the left ignores this. Ignores everything we just talked about. Ignores oh, yeah. the fact that she put countless people away in cages for smoking a plant or possessing a plant. Maybe not even smoking, just possessing it. She put, she, she did that. Then she admits to have doing what she put people in prison for. And they ignore that. They ignore that. She played into a stereotype of into the stereotype of Jamaica. That's a bunch of weed heads. yeah. Yeah. Let that go. But no, Kamala Harris admitted while campaigning that she owns a handgun and Peter Funt yes from the from USA today yep states that owning a handgun for personal safety is a position held by the NRA and not a progressive democrat. Yes. 
she had to justify it, of course. And her justification was, I was a career prosecutor. Understandable. You just put a bunch of people in prison for something they, that many of us don't believe they should be in prison for. Some of yeah. them are going to be outraged at yeah. this news. As they should. As yeah. they should. Peter Funt says what she should have said. Because Peter Funt, I'm certain, I didn't look much into him. I'm certain that he's got a law degree. And he's had many public appearances places. And he knows the right way for somebody like Kamala Harris. Presidential candidates presidential, to talk. Right, yeah. presidential candidates to talk. Dealing with dangerous criminals while serving as DA in San Francisco, I felt compelled to have a handgun. After leaving that job, I disposed of the weapon. That is what she should have said, but she couldn't because she did not dispose of the weapon and she still had it. Now, Peter Funt must think that, let's say, one of the people that was pissed off that she put them in jail for smoking a plant or, you know, one of the wives of the sexual partners that she had in order to get to the top found out about it. That's fine. Anybody, uh, you know, anybody that may have been pissed off at her. Any, for any particular reason, right. For any particular reason. They're like, Oh, well, she is no longer a prosecutor and she is no longer banging my husband. I should have no reason to be mad at her anymore. I'm not going to kill her. And also, she's currently in a building with a sign that says no guns here. So I couldn't even if I wanted to. Now, Because the sign says it's illegal. Right, exactly. Now, I, um, like most people, I think, I'm going to say, like most people, I have played out vengeance fantasies in my mind against people who have wronged me. <laughs> Not the healthiest thing. I understand that. But I have definitely done it. Mine never includes shooting them, but I just try to, I just picture what it would be like to destroy their lives. To each their own. Right. Other people, other people are like, no, I'm going to go kill this person. Then they follow. I'm going to go legitimately kill, kill this person. Right. 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 I'm going to go legitimately kill this person. Peter Funt must never have had any sort of vengeance fantasy or been on a revenge quest uh, of any kind because, yeah, because go ahead, go ahead. Because if he was ever in a situation where his girlfriend or boyfriend, I don't want to assume where his girlfriend or boyfriend left him for somebody else and, or cheated on him with somebody else or whatever. Right. And he was very right. upset about it. And he was very angry at the girlfriend or boyfriend and the person that they cheated on him with. If they stopped doing that, did he just go, okay, well, I'm done. I'm not angry at you anymore. No, oh, they were done. Oh, I'm fine with it now. Yeah. That was uh, yeah, great. That exactly. Was really good. So gun control, the three groups, I like to group people as an anarchist. I group everyone. Um, no, uh, the three main, I guess, schools of thought of people who support gun control are the the politicians who realize that it's really it's not ending gun violence; it's just centralizing power to them. 
you know, making it so they're the only ones who can effectively use violence against anyone and just solidifying their power. They, I get why they support it, because they are sociopaths, and, and this is a good, great way to, to disarm the populace. I get why they do it. They're still scum. The, the other group are people that live in violence-ravaged areas who just associate guns with just endless violence. A lot of them are like mothers and stuff. They're not even thinking about trying to defend themselves. They just constantly see gang warfare, and they're just thinking like, I just, I don't even, you know, if you try to talk with them about statistics or whatever, they're like, I'm scared to go outside. I just want, you know, and, they're, and their politicians are telling them that the only way to stop it is gun control, and they're like, fine, just, you know, I just, I don't want to be scared to go outside. Them, I also get it. I wish that, I, I wish they'd think it through a little bit more and realize that it, gun control is part of what made this problem bad in the first place more often than not. But I, I, I also get that. I get that you're in this, like, crisis situation where you're just like, please, just get these guns away from me. The third group, which I'm sounds like Peter Funt is in, is what I call the unaffected, mostly white, suburban liberal group, which are people that have the privilege of not experiencing violence or threats of violence. And so they watch TV and they go, oh, God, there was a shooting. Ah, oh, these people with their guns. Oh, I hope that the police can just take their guns and keep me safe from gun violence. And the problem is, first of all, to really truly support gun control, like it or not, you have to love the police. And a lot of them pretend they don't. You have to love the police because you want the police to be the only people who can kill you. And you don't want to be able to kill anyone back. I get, and this is a very, I'm about to make an incredibly sexist, heteronormative, cisnormative statement. I get why, generally speaking, not all, I get why many women support gun control. They're come, and again, I know some of the biggest gun fanatics I know are women, so I, I get it. Not all, many women, their parents, their you know, mothers, they're, they come from a place of nurturing and support. And they're thinking these guns, they're just killing people. And they're not fully thinking through the praxis of like, the cops still have to have guns. How are you going to take everyone's guns? If you're going to have to have massive, massive escalations of gun violence, whatever. They're just thinking of guns in the abstract as like, hey, they're dangerous. And so I, I get that. I cannot picture being an intact male human and saying, ah, Guns! Get them away from me! My reaction of hearing that there's danger is I want to be able to protect myself and others from that danger. Not, man, I hope there are a lot of cops here that can protect me from that danger. Um, and I'm not like the most hyper-masculine guy on earth. But I just, I, I will never get it. I have a hard time being around males that support gun control, um, especially the ones that are like, no one should ever have a gun. And I'm just like, your soy consumption is too high. There is a healthy amount of soy consumption. And you have, you might also have some thyroid issues because your, your estrogen 
is too high. Is it, yeah. I don't have to blood test you. You have elevated phytoestrogens, and you need to do something about it with an endocrinologist and maybe introduce some animal flesh to offset the soy. You do not need this much soy. I actually got into this discussion with somebody who's a guy, which was weird. And it's weird. It's weird. It's just weird. But I got into this discussion with him and, um, you know, he was like, I, you know, I'm for gun control. And I was like, there, you can't do that. Like, he's like, no, I don't, I just don't, I think we should get rid of all guns. And I said, so so initially I was like, okay, but who's going to turn in their guns? Right. Like I get, like I, I, I started him late and he goes, well, yeah, but eventually the system will like pull them back in and like the guns will all get filtered out. And I'm like, right. So, so then the only people left with the guns are going to be the military and the police. And he goes, well, I think we should just stop manufacturing bullets altogether. Who enforces this? They don't. They don't think it through. Right. Like you're talking about at a global scale. Nobody's at a global gonna... scale. And who enforces it? And how are you going to stop them? Hey, you stop making those bullets, or what? Or I'm going to stop you. Wow, you don't have any guns. Like, I. It takes. And so this is in the same way that vegans think that they're saving animals by only eating stuff that you know requires massive amounts of killing of wildlife to to produce uh and protect from from you know from predator from from you know birds and stuff that might want to eat it they don't think through exactly how many animals have to die for them to get their asparagus and broccoli uh which by the way I love asparagus and broccoli right. but uh they don't think it through you're not thinking it through of the massive amounts of gun violence and jailing of minorities that like and that's and so when I talk to, I have a standard question which I've never had answered yet, and I and I tell people I say the history of the gun control of gun control in the U.S. The very first gun control laws passed in the U.S. were passed to prevent freed slaves from owning weapons. Basically, the whites didn't want the blacks to have guns because they were scared that they would like say, "Hey, remember when you used to own me, pow," and uh, and 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 also they want and more so they also wanted to continue to oppress black people, and it's a lot easier to do that when they don't have guns. Um, so the very first laws in this country were to keep black people from being able to defend themselves against racist white people. And ever since then, every single, not just gun control law, but laws in general, are disproportionately enforced against pr- pr- primarily black people, but people of color in general, minority populations in general, but especially black people. And there's a myriad of reasons for this. Institutional racism, the fact that black people tend to live in more urban areas, which have heavier levels of enforcement, whatever. The bottom line is that if you pass a law, the vast majority of people that are going to have it enforced against them and are going to be punished for it are black people. So my question and, – and Donald Trump is currently president. So my question to gun control advocates is how many more black people does Donald Trump have to put in a cage before you feel sufficiently safe? And I asked for like a number or even a number range, 50 to 100,000, 100 to 200,000, 500,000 to a million. Like g- give me a ballpark of how many black people need to be uh, imprisoned for you to feel like your little Timmy and Rebecca can you know, go to the soccer field safely. And I've yet to get an answer on that. I get a bunch of obfuscations about the NRA and crap like that. But no, no one will tell me how many black people they want to be uh, forcibly detained 
and and caged and uh, de- disenfranchised for the rest of their lives um, until they feel safe. And then you, you always end up getting the question, the the David Hogg question of how many AR-15s did Jesus have? How many stocks did he have? Yeah, none. <laughs> they, they how, how many? I, how many uh, uh, clear backpacks full of rocks did he have, David? How many fake stories about being in a school shooting did he have? Um, All of those less than you. <laughs> All of those less than even one. Um, yeah. How? Oh, who would? Uh, yeah. D- yeah. D- Jesus. I, I like. I. I. My favorite arguments are ones that use Jesus from uh, secular progressives who hate Christianity uh, and everything it stands for. Hate religion in general, but really, really hate uh, Christianity. Um, who will say, like, well, Jesus wouldn't have done that. And I'll say, oh, well, then you're obviously a really hardcore Christian, right? Because you seem to be guided by what Jesus would do. Um, obviously. Um, obviously. My other favorite one is, uh, well, Jesus didn't drug test people before he gave them uh, food, free stuff. He was making it the story. It, 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 for those who don't believe in, in the Gospels, the story, and for those who do believe, he, you know, whether you believe it or not, the story is that Jesus made food from nothing and gave it to people. Jesus didn't give people socialized health care. He healed them magically. So if you know of a politician that can heal people magically, awesome. But at no point did Jesus say, oh, my gosh, you're sick. Everyone now, give me your money or I'll kill you. <laughs> give me your money or you're going to jail. You're going to jail. I'm going to take your stuff. And if you fight back against me, I'll kill every single last one of you. And trust me, that I was- know my future. It's not pretty. You don't want to do it. Yeah. <laughs> Being killed, I can tell you already, not fun. Going to jail in the Roman Empire, not a good time. Not, not, I give, I give you one star on Yelp, uh, <laughs> Roman uh, crucifixion uh, service. One Yelp star. One, one Yelp star. If I knew how to say Yelp in Latin, that would make me so happy. Yelp, yeah. Yelp, yeah. I mean, it's Aramaic, but I mean, Latin, you know, closest I could get. I have to think Yelp is one of those onomatopoeias where it kind of always sounds like Yelp. So maybe it's like Yelp. Uh, you're, you're actually probably, you're probably correct. Yelp. Yelp. LPA. All right. So, um, real quick, we don't, that's it. Um, real quick. As we said at the beginning of the show, this is our 100th episode. Yeah. Which is crazy. I mean, when, when this show started, I didn't think we were going to get past like four. Maybe six. <laughs> I, I honestly didn't. I, 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 I did not. And I'm not blaming the other co-hosts for that. Like, I'm legitimately blaming me because I didn't think I was going to want to do this. Right, right. Um, and it turned out like this is the most fun I have every week is this show is the hour and oh, yeah. a half to two hours that I do. This show is the most fun I have every week. Um, this is actually, this is the hundredth episode of muddied waters of freedom. This is my 99th episode on this show. I have missed one. 
You have oh yeah, the infamous, the infamous Alaska spike. No, not that one. That one didn't count as a show, did it? Did did we did we episode number that one? Oh, you're right. We did. Yeah, we didn't number that. No. Oh yeah, you had your Alaska. Episode. When I was in yeah, when I was in Alaska, there was there uh, over the last summer, um, the former co-host did one episode while I was gone, and that right. that one counted as an episode. Um, so this is my 99th episode. Math was really hard for me today, and I believe this is your 29th. Yeah, I think 29th. Because you start on episode 72 as the co-host. And I think you were on one before that. Yeah, I guessed, I guessed hosted like... Back in December uh, of the... Uh, November the year before. Yeah, November the year before, yeah. Right. I forgot about that. Yeah, I sure did. Yeah, because I was you and I had started talking because that was when our recovering addicts became friends yeah 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 and then i was like hey man you want to come on the show and then i thanked you and i got a little teary-eyed for you know because i was going through a hard time and uh i don't know if we were streaming at the time but now you did cry so you it may or may not have been witness but there was crying but there yeah there, there there were tears um but um yeah so this is i think this is your 29th and if anybody if anybody wants to go back and listen to episode one i don't wreck it. A spider just literally fell on my nose and is like laying a web. All like hundredth episode spider. Right, the hundredth episode spider. Um, that turns into Spider Man on the hundredth uh, on the hundredth episode. episode. Um, I felt something on the nose. I was like, oh god, what is that? And then I felt like the web <laughs> everywhere, and I'm like, what? How? Um, Why are flies getting attracted to me? But if anybody wants, like, if, I, I don't recommend it. But if anybody goes back and listens to like episode one, it's awful. It's terrible. It's really bad. It is so yeah. bad. Um, but over the years, because of help from friends, I still feel it like everywhere. It's really. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm not like even afraid of spiders, but I just feel like the web everywhere. <laughs> So much better. I'm really like liking now. Yeah, like I'm looking like a meth head. Um, you are. You're freaking hard. I know. So... Um, but thank, thank. Now I, I now feel crawling. Right. And I'm nowhere near you. Uh, but you know, thanks to thanks to friends who knew how to do things and friends who um, you know, friends who understood how to make a show decent. We got the right equipment. We started learning how to do a show properly. Um, right. The, the co-host had this really odd voice change around episode 72. Um, and, and like we've gone through a lot over the first two years, two and a half years of this podcast. And for everybody who has been with me with muddied waters since episode one, Thank you for sticking with it all of this way to get to where we are today. And to everybody that we have picked up along the way, thank you to you for finding us and for sharing us and for uh, reviewing us and for just becoming fans of the show. Not even of me and Spike. You may hate us. I don't care. But like, just enjoying the show. No, don't have to like us. No. Just respect the show. Um, to all of you, thank you because I honestly... Spike mentioned earlier that I have an autographed picture of Rush Limbaugh on the wall. And I do. 
I've, I've had that picture since I was 16, I think, maybe younger, 15, 16, somewhere in there. Um, I wanted to do political talk radio. It's all I wanted to do. And I would listen to Rush Limbaugh every day uh, because he was doing it and he was doing it really, really well because he, and I wanted to figure out how to do that because of the fans that watch. uh, I mean, we, we don't make any money doing this. We're doing this for you guys really. And the fact that we have fun doing it, but um, soon that might be changing soon. But yes, yes, that might be changing soon. But um, because of you guys, you actually give us a reason to do this and, Literally, each and every one of you is making me, is allowing me to make my dream come true that I have wanted for 25 years. And so thank you for that. I definitely appreciate it. It's, it, it is humbling to be able to do this show every week. Like Spike and I have never actually been in the same room, but he's, he's my best friend in, in the world. No, he's my second best friend in the world. I can't say that Dave Carter always is going to win that battle. Um, but uh, he's my best friend, uh, definitely that I talk to this regularly. And, (laughs) (laughs) and honestly, I, if it wasn't for the people who were watching us at least, you know, sporadically, this wouldn't make any sense for us to do because we could do this without doing all of this extra crap that we do. So thank you. Right. Yeah. It's just, we just call each other, (laughs) but thank you to all of you because really it, it is, I, you're allowing me to do my dream, and that's so fucking cool. Yeah, yeah, it's a, it's an absolute blast. I, I actually didn't know I wanted to do this, but ever since I started my show, another one that don't watch the first episode of my show, um, because I was rough as hell. Even my second, my my transition from my first to second was a mate was great. Now I think I do a pretty decent job, but uh, it's so much fun doing this. One of my favorite things to do every week, um, and uh, I really have a blast with it and love the interaction with people on it. So yeah, please keep watching and thank you so much and share it with people you think would also like to watch two uh, guys rant about politics. Um, But uh, no, we absolutely love it. And, uh, and thank you for joining us for our hundredth episode. This is awesome. We will see you on the thousandth episode, which will happen soon. We'll see you Uh, on the 101st episode as well. 101st at the very least. (laughs) And then maybe the thousandth. Um, But uh, so we have so this is Tuesday. So when this is the final week, hopefully, of me not having a, a, an episode of my show of my fellow Americans, uh, hoping uh, I had had a back injury and then I kept having to be out of town. So uh, starting next week, I'm probably just gonna do like an Ask Me Anything episode, just because I haven't done a show in a month and I'm a little rusty. And also in case my back starts hurting, I can just stop the show. Just cancel. Um, but I'm done. Just be like. All right, well, my back hurts. Got to go. Um, but so that 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 will be next Wednesday. But so nothing tomorrow uh, on Muddy Waters. But uh, Thursday on the Writers Block. Who do, who do you have on Thursday on the Writers Block? I'm actually uh, I'm really excited about this guest that I have on Thursday. Um, he is like a living. He is like a real life Ron Swanson. Uh, oh, yeah, it's it's insane. Like massively libertarian. He builds everything himself. He like finished his like he bought a house, but then he refinished the entire thing. He left a city because it was 
it was too strict on what he was allowed to do and what he wasn't allowed to do. And he moved out to the middle of the country and he's like, man, out here, I can collect my rainwater. I can go shooting in my backyard. Like, I don't need to pull permits for anything. Like, but, and, and, and he does all the woodwork himself. He has made me multiple pens, wooden pens that I have around this office and this house. Uh, he is one of the reasons I became a libertarian. Uh, Brett Corrieri, he's like my big brother. I, I love that guy so much. Uh, but uh, he has agreed to come on the show on Thursday. I'm so excited to have him on. Nice. So, is that going to be an in-person or, or over the... Over, over yeah, over no, the... He, he lives in Tennessee. Oh, okay, okay. Well, that's awesome. That sounds really good. By the way, and I, I uh, your last episode was one of my, I told you this is one of my favorite that you've had so far. Um, it's also it's one really of, good. It's also one of YouTube's favorites. I, I, I believe it. Your, the quality of your program has really been going up. And I, I've said that to you publicly or privately, but now I'm saying it publicly. Writer's Block, a, a increasingly whelming show. Uh, no, no, an increasingly good show. Um, and, uh, it's, so that's on Thursday will be, uh, Brett Corrieri. You mm-hmm. said his name is, so that's very good. I'm looking forward to that. Cause I, I like real life. I sort of a Ron Swanson in that I like, uh, breakfast meats and dark women. Um, but, uh, it, it starts to, I've never actually woodworked. Uh, so it starts to fall off after that. Um, and then, uh, and I never worked for the city. So that's also, yeah, he's, he's, um, he's never worked for the city either. He's always been okay. a private businessman, which is. Which is actually more Ron Swanson. Right, Ron Swanson never would have worked, or Ron Swanson in real life never would have worked for the city. No, no, no. I, I definitely not ended up working for the federal government, which was, anyway. Um, okay, so that's Thursday, and then on Friday, we have Mr. America, the Bearded Truth, where Jason Lyon, the straight bearded wonder, uh, will be having his, uh, uh, his Sabbath, his Shabbat episode that's right. on Friday. Then have a great weekend, guys. And then next Monday, uh, join us again for the beginning for the uh, week beginning uh, episode of because uh, he does Mondays and Fridays of uh, Mister America the Beard and Truth. Yep. Then tune in again next Tuesday, a week from today, for the Muddy Waters of Freedom, the very special hundred and first episode, which is my hundredth episode on the show. Which is that hundredth episode and my thirtieth. So there's. Some more round numbers there, and uh, so tune in for uh, tune in for that. And uh, in the meantime, have a great week, uh, Matt. If there's a way, is there a way for people to find us on this this internet thing? There is. I was man, I was getting so prepared to do like the music and everything that I kind of forgot that I had to do that part. That we're on the internet, right? Yeah, right, that right. we're on the internet. Uh, you know, I just thought this was you and me talking. Um, yeah, I was, I was I was doing the lead out, so it was my fault. Um. Yes. Uh, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash muddied waters freedom. You can find us on Instagram at muddied waters of freedom. You can find us on the Twitter. You can tweet us on the Twitter at muddied underscore waters. You can find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash muddied waters media. And you can find this in every episode at muddied waters of freedom.com. Please pick your favorite podcasting app, whether it's, Apple, whether it's Spotify, whether it's SoundCloud, whether it's Stitcher, whether it's Spreaker, I'm running out, uh, Google Play, any of them, please rate us and leave a review because that's actually, I found out how more people find out about us. Yeah, we're pretty popular on the podcasting apps because it turns out a lot of people think we have a face for radio and uh, and would rather not look at us while we talk, which I'm fine with. Yeah. I don't, you don't have to look at me. I don't care. 
You're missing out. You're missing out, but I don't care. Right. It, it, you, you know, you do you. You're gonna. You're only gonna hear uh, Chris giving Matt a lap dance. You're not gonna actually see it. So that's your. That's you know what you you wanna you wanna lose out on the enjoyment then whatever. But anyway, guys, thanks again for joining us. We'll see you next week. And where we're going, we don't need roads. Okay, I want to tell you guys a story about a band called Nirvana. You probably know the story already, but whatever. They were a good band, man, a really good band. They had this awesome third album, lost them a lot of fans, though. Had this great track on it called Tourette's that went, but the band, na 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 doesn't really work over these chords. Anyway, I've totally lost my train of thought. Uh... Oh, yeah, Kirk Cobain's dead, and I'm reliably informed that Courtney did it. She did it, Courtney did it, our Courtney killed Cobain. She did it, Courtney did it, Courtney did it, Courtney killed Cobain. I don't know why we blame it on her, it seems easy to say. Courtney Love is capable of murder, but I haven't much of anything to back that up. I might be going out on a limb here, but mm, I think society doesn't seem to like women at the best of times, but we really get mad when they fuck our rock stars, you know? Kirk Cobain belongs to us, we cried, so naturally when he died, everybody said Courtney did it. She did it, Courtney did it, our Courtney killed Cobain. She did it, Courtney did it, Courtney did it, Courtney killed Cobain. She raised that kid on her own. Yeah, 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 she's got problems. Don't we all have problems that would be exacerbated by living life in the public eye? Need I remind you this poor human being lost her husband when she was barely 29? And we repay her? How? By hassling her on Twitter fucking 700 times a day. Her phone goes ping, 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 ping. And 99% of the time is saying the same thing as saying... Good evening, Courtney Love. It is I, MK Ultra Truther 99, and you will no doubt be nervous to learn I've been carrying out an independent investigation into the mysterious circumstances surrounding your husband's suicide. Kurt Cobain's suicide note is four paragraphs of a man preparing to leave you and retire from the music industry, followed by four lines at the end, a different pen and different handwriting, in which he talks about suicide. Pretty weird, Courtney. Pretty weird, not incriminating on its own. However, following your husband's death in your possession was found a piece of paper in which you've been practicing his handwriting. What have you been practicing? You've been practicing the last fucking four lines of his suicide note. How do you explain that? I'll tell you how I explain that. You did it, you did it, just admit it, you killed Kurt Cobain. You did it, just admit it, just admit it, you killed Kurt Cobain. Kurt Cobain, Kurt Cobain, kill Kurt Cobain, Kurt Cobain, Kurt Cobain, na 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 na.